0: Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, we're the horse to ride for your next bull purchase. 6th of February of 2021.
1: Agriculture is Saskatchewan and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan agriculture today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley.
2: And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock, for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, the Yorkton Morris Industries plant will close this month. We start some of our year-end interviews where we take a look back at 2020 and a look ahead to the outlook for 2021. The chair of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association joins us to discuss COVID-19 and the serious backlog of cattle because of temporary closures at meatpacking plants. The NDP call on the province to accept new federal enhancement proposals to agri-stability. The Canola Council welcomes the new federal clean fuel standards and the use of canola as an expanded biodiesel. Real agriculture looks at so-called black swan events. The president of APAS also joins us to talk about 2020 and a look ahead to 2021. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the
1: hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri News Director Jim Smalley.
2: It's a blow to Yorkton's economy. A Saskatoon court last week approved the sale of Morris Industries to Rightway Manufacturing, and we'll see the Yorkton plant close at the end of the year. Juanita Pelleggi is the executive director of the Yorkton Chamber of Commerce and says it shouldn't affect producers. Uh,
3: the intellectual property has been purchased, so I expect that you know anybody loyal to the Morris brand and the uh, equipment that it has uh, offered in the past will be able to obtain that at other dealerships.
2: 50 workers who were laid off earlier this year and the 20 remaining employees will be out of work. The chair of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association says 2020 has been a tough year for many livestock producers. Arnold Balicki of Shellbrook says COVID-19 has had quite an impact on the cattle industry, causing a backlog of cattle going to market because of temporary shutdowns of major beef packing plants.
4: Well, a difficult one. Uh, You know, we we started out, we thought things were going to really roll along in our favor and then COVID hit and and uh, really set us back on our our behinds. We the two two plants, the the either shut down or, or scaled back in Alberta, and so we had the huge backlog in, in cattle numbers. So then that reflected back onto the price uh, paid to the cow calf guy at the farm gate, and that was a, a a tough thing to go through. We we had producers who, on one part of the province, had drought, and then we had. Producers in the northwest who were flooded out in in, in the Meadow Lake area, so just really uh, a bad situation there. I know there's a lot of feed shortages in areas, and uh, so that that's been a challenge for us. And it, I'll tell you, it's really been a challenge to persuade the feds. We're we're happy that they came through with some type of a proposal on changing accessibility, and and now the big challenge is uh, to to get uh, the provinces to come on board. You know, having said that, I I, I would be, really be amiss if I didn't uh, thank Minister Merritt and his government for coming through with helping producers, feedlot and cow-calf guys, in, in regards to the Western Livestock Price Insurance premiums. Uh, that was a huge help for us.
0: I would like you to reflect on
2: 2021. What are your thoughts? Are you optimistic or pessimistic?
4: <laughs> hey, that's a really good question, Jim. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic that, that things will get turned around and we can get back to some type of normalcy whatever that new normalcy may be but hopefully it reflects something that's been in the past where we can pretty well count on when we wake up in the morning we can count on on well that's how it was last year and it's it's going to work again this year the sun's going to shine and it's going to rain at the right time and things of that nature
2: reflect on markets for 2021 what are your thoughts there
4: Well, I I am really concerned, um, you know, with COVID and the increase in numbers that if this ever got into the plants again and they had to slow down or shut down, that would create another backlog on top of the backlog that's already there. And that would really play havoc with with the prices for the cow-calf guy and and the feedlot guys. I mean, they'll have to carry them cattle through and feed them until there's... uh, Harvesting space in the plants, so just really not a not a good scenario.
2: Is it dry? Are you worried about moisture for pastures in the spring?
4: Yeah, I kind of think we are. I think a lot of the province is. You know, we had a, a lot of snow here um, the first part of you know of this fall season, and then we had some warm weather, and it's kind of kind of gone away. And so we really haven't had a, a lot of snow for for us anyway in the last three weeks. So yeah, so that's a concern. Anytime something's not normal, it's kind of worrisome. But I know there's province, part of the province that they just don't have any snow. It's like a really nice fall day. So yeah, for sure, there's there's some concern.
2: Arnold Balicki of Shellbrook is the chair of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association. Saskatchewan NDP agriculture critic Trent Watherspoon is calling on the SAS party government to sign on to fix the agri-stability support program. Watherspoon says Saskatchewan agriculture groups support the proposed federal enhancements and fixing agri-stability is important to producers, especially for the hard-hit livestock industry. He wants the SAS party government to step up and support the changes which would increase agri-stability payment levels to 80 percent and remove the reference margin. Agriculture Minister David Merritt says cost is a key concern. A decision
1: is expected soon. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM.
2: This portion is brought to you by Salford Group. Call your Salford equipment dealer or visit SalfordGroup.com. The Canola Council of Canada sees potential in the federal government's new proposed clean fuel standards. It examines the potential use for biofuels as a method for reducing greenhouse gas emissions. That's important for canola producers because it would develop an additional domestic market for their crop. Brian Innes is the Vice President of Public Affairs with the Canola Council of Canada.
0: We've had a chance to review it uh, at least at a high level and we'll be really looking into the details of the regulation that have been published so far and also additional details that come out over the coming months at the Canola Council. What we've seen so far is quite positive because it holds potential to drive demand for canola and we also saw that the requirements that came out last Friday for sustainability of Canadian crops uh, won't involve any detailed on-farm requirements for Canadian agriculture
2: there had been some concerns European standards might be adopted in Canada.
0: Yeah, what we've seen come out on Friday is essentially that on a national basis in Canada, farmers will be able to sell their crops into the biofuel market without any additional requirements on their farm. It's similar to what we do with the U.S. biofuel market. Now, every year, for example, we have to submit to the uh, U.S. authorities how the agricultural use of land in Canada hasn't changed and we've been doing that for over a decade and that will be a similar approach that applies for the Canadian framework. So we see that as really positive for the canola sector and for Canadian agriculture uh, because there were uh, some concerns that there may be additional requirements. Um, what we see in biofuel frameworks around the world is a real, real need to prevent crops uh, grown on land that has been uh, deforested Uh, going into biofuel. And that's been a a major concern that a number of countries have dealt with. And what came out Friday is a really good way for Canadian agriculture to show that uh, we're having a net positive impact on the environment by uh, using our crops for biofuel.
2: The Canola Council wants more details on the federal proposal.
0: With this uh, clean fuel standard, it's a bit different than just a percent requirement uh, for renewable content. And what it means is that the market will drive uh, lower carbon fuels and that every feedstock that goes into biofuel like canola that would go into renewable content in diesel would be assigned a certain value for its carbon intensity. So what that means in practice is that uh, the better a feedstock is, the more it will be valued in in the biofuel market. So it's a real key thing we're watching from a, canola perspective because we have a unique story in canola where we're taking carbon dioxide out of the air and we're turning it into food and fuel and and also putting carbon into the soil. And so we want to see that the framework for that, that the government comes out with over the next few weeks and months, really reflects canola's carbon advantage. And we see that as uh, really key to help driving demand for canola here in Canada.
2: Inez says the proposed 11% biofuel content in diesel by 2030 compared to the current 2% would be significant.
0: It would mean a lot more demand for our canola here in Canada, more value-added processing as we turn more of that raw seed into canola oil and biofuel, and a real opportunity for us to diversify our markets. That 11% of renewable content, we estimate, would be a a market about the size of our canola seed exports to Japan. So a really significant opportunity, 2.6 million tonnes of, of demand for our product right here in Canada and that's really critical for our canola sector at the moment because it offers diversification opportunities away from volatile markets like China And it offers our farmers stability and local demand uh, where they can deliver their canola to a local crush plant um, and the stability that provides to communities right across our country.
2: And there are other jurisdictions with 11% content.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, Many, in fact. Uh, If we look at just south of us uh, in uh, Minnesota, they have a 20% requirement in the summer for renewable content in diesel. Uh, If we look at what's happening in California with their clean fuel standard, Uh, we're seeing renewable content in diesel uh, roughly uh, more than 20%. Uh, We're seeing uh, significant blending um, at times also in British Columbia under their clean fuel standard. So we we do see that um, canola biofuels and biofuels in general are a way that jurisdictions are able to lower the carbon content of their fuels. And we're hopeful that this clean fuel standard will be able to do so. And the details that came out last Friday really give us a lot more confidence that um, we uh, won't see additional requirements put on our farmers so, uh, when they sell their uh, grains into the biofuel markets.
2: The proposals are open for comment over the next 75 days with the final decision expected late in the year. Brian Innes is the Vice President of Public Affairs with the Canola Council of Canada.
1: Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620
5: CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at CanolaSchool.com. Well, of course, COVID-19 has really been, I think, the true definition of a black swan. And in March, I had a conversation with Don Buckingham. He is president and CEO of Cappy. Here's our discussion all about black swan events. Boy, I'll tell you what, Don, I don't think even you would have predicted this sort of black swan event that we're going through right now.
3: Um, That's the whole nature of black swans. You can't predict them. Uh, You can think about what their general category might be. Are they going to be political? Are they going to be financial? Are they going to be uh, physiological? Are they going to be pathogenic? Uh, We've had all kinds of examples of black swan events uh, over the last, uh, well, as far back as uh, domestic agriculture, which is 10,000 years old. Um, We've had these things and we never can predict them.
5: Now, now Don, like when I hear black swan, I I think negative. You know, we heard ASF was kind of classified as that in in 2019. Of course, the COVID-19 situation that we're dealing with right now across the world. But black swan, like this concept of black swan, unexpected event, they can be positive too. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I
3: think probably where to start the conversation is it's really about disruption. And there's all kinds of re- disruption that happens on a constant basis in any industry, and agriculture is no exception. And, you know, there's really four kinds of gr- degrees and grades of them. And so the first grade is sort of just incremental change. You know, we see yields going up. We see farm uh, land expansion. We see population expansion. That's all incremental. But it changes the way we do agriculture. And kind of the next level is there's some of these historic You know, you don't have to be much of a scientist to figure out there's going to be a price cycle in soybeans or in, uh, you know, cattle prices. And, And then we really get to the ones that I would call black swans. And the black swans are they're large scale, unpredictable, random events that significantly transform uh, society and industries. And, you know, if they're positive, we, we tend to call them game changers. They're innovations that make the, the practice of agriculture different. Like we got um, something like new kinds of, of synthetic fertilizers. That was a total black swan game changer where, you know, we could have a synthetic product put on the crop and we would have uh, all of these kinds of, of yield gains. No one saw that one coming. Um, but we also have negative ones and they tend to be more of the black swan, what we call the black swans. They are, they tend to be negative, but, I mean, not necessarily, except that they're truly disrupting the way we do things, and they're largely unpredictable in actually um, uh, seeing them coming on the horizon. Yeah,
5: and, and I guess in, in this situation right now, you know, we've got producers across the U.S., uh, back home across Canada, looking at a very volatile Futures market and, you know, questions about what does all this do for for demand and exports to two parts of Asia, like most black swan events that are negative in nature, they become a real test for for the industry to sort of come out the other side and, and live to fight another day.
3: Absolutely. And, you know, I think what one of the things that uh, in many respects is um, uh, a, a, a a swan event. One of the things that agriculture has to hang on to is of everything that we do, there are almost 10 billion people on the planet who need to eat three meals a day. They need to get a couple thousand calories in their body. And so the demand and uh, the idea that we're going to have some kind a severe drop in demand, it's different for Rolex watch. Than it is for producing basic foodstuffs. We still have to produce those calories. So, in some some respects, um, there's going to be an opportunity for resilience in uh, agriculture to say, well, yeah, we may have to do things differently. We may have to produce commodities differently. We may have to shape the way we, we get them to market differently. But the idea that the demand is suddenly going to disappear for for uh, calories and agricultural products is the one thing that we have to hang our hat on in the in the ag industry. That's cold comfort, though, to somebody who's trying to get their crop decisions made for this spring. And I think probably what we have to start looking at is what what is the agricultural um, sector doing with respect to resilience? We're building in some extra capacity. How do we do um, this um, idea that we are nimble, that we can change if, in fact, there's a, a demand, um, a drop in demand for certain kinds of products and an increase in demand for for others?
5: This has been your real agriculture update you can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com
1: it's your agri-weather forecast on the source 620
0: ckrm hey everybody it's ted creech here from hill 70 quantock ranch of Lloydminster, alberta on the 6th of february of 2021 i'd like to invite everybody to our 51st annual barn burner bull sale starting at 12 noon now we'll sell approximately 400 bulls consisting of red and black angus horn and pulled herfords Red and Black, Sim Angus, Charlet, and Red Balancer Bulls, plus 100 bred and open commercial females to round out the day. Now don't be afraid to get in touch with us. Either call myself, Connor, or Bill at 1-800-665-7253.
2: The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. Today, periods of light snow, wind northwest 20, the high minus 12, the low minus 18. Wind chill minus 19 this evening and minus 25 overnight. Thursday, clearing late in the morning, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high tomorrow minus 2, the low minus 10. For Friday, Christmas Day, sunny, the high minus 5, the low minus 13. Saturday, cloudy, the high minus 7, the low minus 16. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high minus 14, the low minus 17. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus 10, the low minus 14. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 8. Normal high for the state minus 10, the normal low minus 22. The sun rose at 8.58 this morning. It sets at 4.58 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Maple Creek at minus 6. The cold spot up north, Key Lake at minus 36. Estevan minus 16. Saskatoon, minus 11. Swift Current, minus 10. Weyburn, minus 14. Yorkton is minus 21 degrees. In Regina, with light snow, it's minus 14. That's 3 above Fahrenheit, 7 above Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south, southwest at 4. Humidity, 84%. The barometer dropping 102.7. Light snow in Moose Jaw, minus 10. Winds are from the west at 18. Once again, Regina, light snow and minus 14. Back
1: in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley. Harvest a lot of crop left over winter in the spring
2: adds there was uncertainty around COVID-19, yet harvest was quite good despite some weather issues.
6: You know, I think, Jim, really the start of the year, um, really, you know, going into, if you go back a year ago, there was lots of concern, uh, you know, throughout, you know, really the entire province with the amount of crop that had been left out uh, you know, was sitting, you know, under snow at this time a year ago and, and uh, you know, really a record number of acres that has had been left out and lots of concern of how that crop was gonna winter, you know, come over the come over the winter and also lots of concern about uh, the crop that was in the bin. Lots of it was in tough condition, it had to be dried and uh so I think, you know, as the year played out, uh really was a pleasant surprise in the spring of twenty twenty with how the spring harvest went and uh really how a lot of the crop was uh, sold in pretty good condition and dried, and farmers were very resilient. And uh, there were some really interesting uh, drying systems put in place, and uh, farmers learned a lot about how to how to dry grain. A lot of a lot of producers that had never had the experience of uh, drying you know drying that many bushels before. So, so I think uh, you know I I think uh, it started out pretty pretty lots of concern, but as the spring wore on, um, you know, and it was a good spring for uh, getting spring seeding done as well, and. And uh, so I think overall, I mean, that part of it went pretty good. Of course, right in the middle of spring seeding or just prior to spring seeding, uh, COVID hit. And so that uh, certainly put in a bit of uh, uncertainty that we're still dealing with. So, you know, I think we weathered the storm pretty good as far as COVID. The livestock industry has had issues with plant closures. And, and uh, you know, I think there still is a backlog that these to get cleaned up. And, and certainly some income issues there as far as pricing, you know, it seems a pretty big volatile prices in the... Uh, hog and beef sector so and other, other livestock sectors as well. So I think we need to, uh, you know, keep a close eye on that, and hopefully we don't have any more. Or plant closures will be at a minimum. I, mean, I imagine we'll have some hiccups along the way here, but uh, hopefully they'll get handled quicker than some of the early ones were. And uh, you know, COVID, I think it's good news now as we as we go into the end of the year here with the, you know, seeing the vaccines and so on. So hopefully, a year from now we're not talking as
2: much about COVID. That's for sure. Reflect on markets and grain movement for 2020.
6: Well, I think that was a real silver lining. Really, with the with the COVID, the lack of lack of demand in the rest of the economy for for space on the rail lines uh, really created an opportunity for Canadian grain to move, in it. and 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 it turned out that we had a a lot of products that the world wanted, and uh, we were able to f- fulfill those orders, and really have had record grain movement from both railroads, and really excellent service and uh, I mean we do have a good we do have a good rail system if uh, there's enough capacity there to uh, handle the grain that we need to ship out I think it's a it's a real opportunity This has been a real opportunity to show just how efficient this system can be if uh, if we had the opportunity to uh, to have the space available for grain and for it to be moved in a timely manner so I think between the railroads and the grain companies and all players in the in the uh, value chain we've we've had a record year as far as the shipping and And, of course, we've seen the increase of the prices this fall, which has also been very helpful. And, uh, you know, really a lot of our input costs are down as well on fuel and uh, interest rates and things like that. So it's uh, been a good year for a lot of grain farmers and uh, we're really looking forward to 2021 as well. And hopefully uh, we'll see these these increased prices continue And and, you know, we'll have an opportunity to have
1: a good crop for next year as well.
2: Todd Lewis is the president of APAS. Coming up, he looks further at 2021.
1: You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM.
2: This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. a past President Todd Lewis is optimistic about farming in 2021. Lewis's grain exports are booming and grain prices are relatively good. Well,
6: I think spring seeding, the, the biggest story really is in the, uh, you know, in the southern half of the province. It's awful dry. We're, we're in a drought right now. We uh, really all summer long... Uh, a lot of the areas never did have a general rainfall last summer, and uh, especially in the south. So you start uh, talking, you know, south south of south and east of my uh, farm site here at uh, grade the south of Regina, it's uh, it's dry for a large part of the province all the way over the Manitoba border. So, so I think we end down into you know North Dakota and Montana. So I think that's a big concern. Uh, we're going to need some some timely rains and uh, some snowfall this winter. We if we have very little snow to to this point, so. I think that's a, a big concern for 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 a lot of uh, people. I think the other part is the the pricing and so on look very positive, and and uh, you know I hopefully we'll, we won't have any supply issues as far as fertilizer and so on. I think we're going to see some increase in fertilizer prices and maybe some input costs, but will go up. But uh, it, they usually do, unfortunately, when prices go up. But uh, I think uh, you know overall, I think uh, next year we're always next year country and. And uh, you sure feel a lot better about putting a crop in when prices are good, that's for sure.
2: What about spring seeding? What are you thinking for crop? What crops, any big changes? What do you think is going to go into the ground in the spring?
6: Well, I think overall, most producers now, you know, we are into rotation. We may see some some little jumps in uh, some of the crops like fox, for instance, that it's been such a good price this year. But then at the same time, um, you know, there's lots of specialty crops that uh, producers grow now. And, and guys don't typically jump in a big way, one way or the other. You know, I think uh, we've seen uh, good increases across the board, be it, uh, you know, in spring wheat or canola. Or we may see an increase in canola acres just because the price there seems to have moved a little bit more than some of the cereals. But but uh, as I said, you know, with uh, clutter issues and, you know, the rotations, has never been more important than it is going forward. Everybody is uh, concerned about the rotations and so on. So so I think we'll probably see uh, generally, you know, a kind of an average profile as far as what, what's seeded next spring.
2: Is it fair to say you're optimistic about 2021?
6: Yeah, I think that would be a general, you know, talking to producers and I you know our, our own farm here, we're, we're fairly optimistic of, you know, going into spring seeding and, and, uh, you know, I, I would say the same on the livestock side too. Uh, you know, we're hoping that we're, we'll get through the COVID here and we'll see some good pricing in cattle and so on and, and get some of these backlogs cleaned up. The the hog industry has, has had its issues as far as bad prices, but uh, it's, it looks like 2021, we're going to have lots of opportunities, you know, for international markets and so on. And we'll be able to uh, hopefully get things settled out a little bit to our neighbors in the south there. Things won't be quite as great as change in uh, government there and so on. So let's just hope that we're able to uh, do a little bit more trading and, uh, and uh, you know, the China situation too. Let's hopefully on our canola side that some of that gets, gets turned around too and, and get our two Michaels home and
2: get on with normalized trade with uh, China as well. And hopefully uh, COVID's behind us in 2021.
6: Well, uh, the vaccine is certainly good uh, good news. And, uh, you know, it's going to be quite a logistical thing to get everybody vaccinated and so on. But at the same time, uh, hopefully the supply is going to be there. I think uh, everybody's looking forward to uh, being able to get together more as uh, friends and family and all that kind of thing. And really get on,
1: you know, back to normal, that's for sure.
2: Todd Lewis of Grey is the president of the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan.
1: The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on the Source 620 CKRM. Market
2: Update brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hollis Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1 800 284 9999. Viterra prices were moving up today. Canola gained 470 at 589.57. One red spring wheat up 329 at The rest unchanged. Durham, 29762. Feed barley, 20970. Flax, 69337. Lentils, 55750. 50. Oats, 21153. Yellow peas, 32889. Feed wheat, 18372. On Minneapolis this morning, March red spring wheat rose 11 and three quarter cents at 583 and a quarter cent a bushel.
1: It's the Livestock Reports on the Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes brought to you by the Weyburn
2: Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. Now the latest quotes.
7: This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of December 22nd. Our last regular sale was on December 9th. D1 and D2 cows sold from 63 cents to 73 cents, with the odd sales up to 80 cents. D3 cows sold from 53 cents to 63 cents. Canner cows sold from 40 cents to 50 cents. Good Butcher Bowls sold from Eighty-seven cents to ninety-seven cents. At our last bred cow sale, good bred cows sold from thirteen hundred to seventeen hundred dollars. Middle-aged cows sold from twelve hundred dollars to fourteen hundred dollars. Older bred cows sold for butcher price, and good bred heifers sold from seventeen hundred dollars to eighteen hundred dollars. There weren't enough feeders in any one weight break to establish an accurate price quotation. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, and we would all like to wish you a Merry Christmas.
2: And the latest pork prices, $147.56 per CKG. Coming up,
1: the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley.
2: Now the Resource Report. The COVID-19 vaccine created at Saskatoon's Veto Intervac facility has received Health Canada approval to move to initial Phase 1 clinical vaccine trial. Vito director and CEO Dr. Volker Gertz says this is the first of their two COVID-19 subunit vaccines in development. Officials explained that subunit-based vaccines are proven technology that's been used in many commercially available vaccines, including hepatitis, diphtheria, and whooping cough, that are well-established vaccines considered relatively stable and have not required ultra-cold storage temperatures. The authorization from Health Canada enables the Canadian Centre for Vaccinology in Halifax to start recruiting volunteers for the first Phase 1 clinical trial. Those volunteers are expected to be vaccinated in January. Dr. Gert says if all goes well with the trials and in obtaining regulatory approval, Vito expects to have at least one of its vaccines ready for use by late 2021. On the markets, Canada's main stock index climbed higher in late morning trading as the price of oil rose and the energy and metals and mining sectors moved up. The TSX Composite Index was up 56 points at 17,609. In New York, the Dow Jones average was up 219 points at 30,235. The Canadian dollar traded at 77.85 cents US compared with 77.47 cents on Tuesday. The February crude oil contract was up a dollar 5 at 48.07 per barrel. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Hill 70 Quantuck Ranch, the place to be for your next bull purchase. Mark the right date, February 6th, 2021. Call 1-800-665-7253 anytime, any day. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley.
1: You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news. On your voice for everything, A.
0: 620 CKRM. Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where quality comes in quantity, on the 6th of February of 2021. Be welcome to join us for our annual bull sale.